Hello, everyone, and welcome to Mission Success Women in Multifamily, the monthly podcast series dedicated to female leaders in the multifamily industry. I'm Laura Kaluger, Senior Editor with Multi Housing News. Today, I have the privilege of talking to the NRP Group's first two female principals, Jennifer Baus and Rachel Johnson. Jennifer serves as Executive Vice President of Design and Entitlements, while Rachel serves as Chief Information Officer. Welcome, ladies. Hi, thank you. Thanks, Laura. Thank you for having us. Thank you. First of all, congratulations to you both on your promotions. Thank you. Thanks. How have your first few months as principals been like? Did you have enough time to to settle in? <laughs> well, I'll go. I'll go first. This is Rachel, and I'll say for Jen and I, um, and I'll, you know, speak a little bit just for me, but I think we're in a similar situation. You know, this is not something that was totally out of the blue, shocking. Jen and I have been, you know, a, a great integrated um, leader in the company for a long time. And really my job as CIO really continues to just move forward in in my leadership role. Am I growing in a little bit of space from a strategic ownership planning perspective? Of course, that's some new, you know, participation potentially that I have had in the past few months, but really the day-to-day and some of the operational and tactical items that I continue to lead for the organization have remained remains pretty consistent. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, and for those reasons, I, since I'm maintaining a role that also is uh, an everyday participant role, I, I really didn't skip a beat. And it just, you just go on uh, with the work and, and with the, the projects and the challenges that are at hand. How has it been for you, Jennifer? It's been similar. Um, Rachel and I have both been at the company for an, a number of years. And a about two years ago, we were invited to join the executive team. So we've had plenty of time to be ramped up and integrated. And happily, these are colleagues that we've worked side by side with for a number of years already. So the transition really has been somewhat seamless. What does it mean to each of you to be the NRP Group's first two female principals? It's the first time in the company's history that women have landed this title. So I mean, I imagine you're you're feeling grateful or honored on one hand, but you're also aware that this is a greater responsibility, right? Yes, I, I mean, to me, the, the answer is really somewhat short. It's just that I feel honored and privileged and. Uh, excited and I feel certainly a a bit of a a weight as on both of us as we look forward to the future and continue to pave the way for for other women. I also feel um, you know grateful for for the path I've had here at NRP um, in general and not just this milestone isn't the only milestone that Jen and I have paved the way, you know, through our careers here, after 12 years, I've moved the organization through several roles, continuing to, um, you know, make strides and show other women in the company that hard work and value contributions are indeed recognized Mm -hmm. and support and, and support for women in the workplace and um, is is also part, you know, representative of our core values and how the company really just invests in all employees, um, regardless of, 
you know, affiliation um, and, and definition of who you are. I think it's really about the work, the contributions, the commitment um, from Jen and I and the reflection of that in our work. Um, so I do know that myself and Jen also have played such a great role as mentors as well throughout our, our um, tenure here at NRP. And this is just another step for us to continue to represent and show that um, success is there um, with hard work and, um, you know, keeping, keeping with our core values. So it, it, even though it seems like, oh, it must be a daunting task, it's actually a role I, I feel very comfortable in <laughs> and um, actually really enjoy showing, showing that for our company. So for me, it's an exciting time and um, it's, it's uh, a privilege to, to be honored with that. I also know that you're both working moms, and I'd like to find out more about the way you manage to balance your careers with your life at home. NRP is one of the largest multifamily housing developers in the U.S., and you must have lots of responsibilities. How do you do it? How difficult is it for a woman in your role to achieve a good work-life balance? How do you do it, Jennifer? Well, first, I always say that there really is no such thing as balance, and I'm, I'm happy to take this one on first before Rachel. She's been juggling uh, work and life in many more ways, much longer than, than I have. I am a newer mom, and I would just say that every day, you just have to sort of take each day as it comes, and uh, you'll find whatever kind of balance in quotes you may find for that day is, is, uh, is what comes up and you do the best that you can. Um, I don't know that that's any different from any other woman in the company or uh, across the world. Yeah. I I don't know if Rachel, you want to add anything Mm -hmm. to that? Yeah. So, um, I'm actually at a place, like Jen said, my, my kids are a little older now, but through the years, um, and actually Jen and I are both not only moms, but we're single parents as well. So um, balance is an interesting word to use because with balance comes sacrifice. Right. So one of the things that I think is important for women to really, to really absorb and take head on is you can't be everything every day. It's just not possible. And so some days your balance is, and it's not being at school or even missing an activity. Um, and so you can't be all things and, and there is sacrifice there. So I have sacrificed, for example, I am not president of the PTO at my kids' school because that's not something that I can, you know, put enough commit effort to. in. Mm-hmm. Yes, commit to, but that's okay. That doesn't mean I'm not a good parent. And so you have to define yourself into the categories of what is you know, what, what makes you happy? What makes you recognize your successes um, and focus on those. If being successful in your life as a woman is being the best, you know, contributor at your child's school or in your child's life, then maybe, you know, the, the sacrifice to work a little bit more on your career isn't there and that's okay too, but it's recognizing that for you and making those choices for you. And that's the balance is where does my desire stand in my sacrifices of life? I also will say I have an amazing support system, which was out through the years. Um, I think it's really hard to go at this 
alone, even alone with a with a spouse or you know a partner um, of any kind. You need beyond that. You need um, you know extended family or extended community of friends um, because there's moments where you you need help in a pinch and you need to be able to rely on those um, you know that extended network of support. Mm-hmm. Um, so I also will say I am very lucky to have had that, whether it be my parents, my my siblings, and you know that helped, um, and also you know daycare situations when the kids were younger that had a, a lot of flexibility for me. Um, but and it's not that I worked all the time because we definitely I I go to every game I most of them I I am very active in my children's lives. But again, it's those moments where you have to pick the right ones where what is the priority today? And today might be work and tomorrow might be your family life. It just depends. And don't forget, you have to have a lot of energy <laughs> and, <laughs> and you got you have to really be that competitor. Like I'm going after the day, I'm getting after it with all my energy and in both facets of your life. And that's really what makes balance work. Great attitude. <laughs> I, have a, I have a similar family and many wonderful friends in terms of a network as well. But there, as Rachel alluded to, there really is something to be said for the art of knowing when you have to say no. And in my younger days, I never or rarely ever said no. And I've gotten much better at it. Um, Let's touch a bit on um, diversity and inclusion. Jennifer, I know you've you've been a leader in in expanding these efforts at NRP in the past few years. Mm -hmm. Tell our listeners a few details about your main initiatives and and how you strive to advance female talent at the NRP group. Several years ago, I sat in my office many days and I really, I had a little bit of an internal struggle. I, I felt like I loved I love the company, but when I looked around, I had a hard time finding someone that I could sort of look up to and aspire to and someone that seemed similar to me. Mm -hmm. Um, And a colleague recommended that I start this women's group. And I honestly didn't think it would ever happen or grow legs, get off the ground. We very soon thereafter started... The, the process of developing our, our DEI initiative throughout the company. We formed a few, I think three employee resource groups and the Women's Inclusion Network when was one of them. And it's now been five years, which is hard to believe. Mm-hmm. Um, we've grown tremendously since then. The number of ERGs has increased probably by twofold since then. And we now have a DEI council, leadership council, which is um, structured into initiatives. And this past year, we actually took the WIN team and uh, divided it up with aligned similar initiatives so that mm-hmm. WIN looked just like our leadership council in terms of what we were working on. And I think that that's really, really dovetailed nicely into what, what's next for DEI at NRP? Um, what I'm really excited about is that Wynn is going to sponsor our first ever community volunteer day, which will be July 20th. And likely in the future, it won't be sponsored just by Wynn. Uh-huh. Uh, but I'm really excited that we are taking this next step 
into community outreach. In the upcoming year, we're also going to be enhancing our landing pages for each of the employee resource groups. And I think that that's gonna be a wonderful way to really tell the story every single day in terms of what the ERGs are, are working on. And I'm really excited to see that get done within the next year. That all sounds great. How, how does the next generation of, of female uh, leaders look like, Jennifer? Yeah. I know you mentor a lot of, of people. Mm-hmm. I mean, our intern program, I believe has really been a great source for initiating and growing the talent pool, the the diverse nature of our talent pool that we have at the company. Mm -hmm. I think we've done really well in enhancing that over these last few years. And I mean, within our team, design and entitlements, we've done the same in terms of just having more diversity. I do small things every day. Like I will often reach out to high schoolers who might be interested in, in design and try to get them to come on board and be an intern, even if it's three years in the future. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I, that's just one of my personal missions is to try to always be thinking about how to grow the, the talent pool for our future. I just wanted to give comment. Jen's done an amazing job through the years of the WIN uh, group that started many years ago is now turned into multiple groups supporting all DEI initiatives. And I'm glad she mentioned the internship program. I think one of the things that NRP has done so well is been extremely purposeful on the programs we support in the effort to, to really grow our employees, our investment into employees and our future employees coming from, for example, the internship program or short stints of, you know, shadows or other things um, has been extremely purposeful to grow and mentor um, those employees. We also have launched multiple leadership programs in different levels to address leaders at maybe a very senior level right underneath ownership or even down at the manager level, growing them into a broader leadership program where we've, uh, we have full-time resources that are dedicated to developing these leadership programs, which are extremely immersive into that program. It's not just 10 people sitting in a class for an hour. This is cross-functional divisions, leaders getting, in a, getting together four to five times per year, investment in reading books that help, you know, add to their learning, to their work, to, and then, you know, exercises and social items that allow them to really intersperse with all the leaders from different divisions. And, and so combining all of these things um, together really start to generate your, your next leadership, you know, out of the company. And I think just is a testament to NRP's specific investment in their employees and how much we truly understand and care that how important this is for us, for the next generation. Um, Rachel, I, I think your job sounds like something I could never do. You're not <laughs> only <laughs> leading all the aspects of technology, uh, but you're also doing it in a male-dominated industry. Do you recall a moment mm-hmm. when your credibility as a technology specialist was was doubted. Have you ever, I don't know, had to manage male teams that were uncomfortable with your authority? How did you overcome those situations? 
I, I definitely have a couple moments that stick out to me in some, you know, uh, stereotypical male-dominated industry. Um, but first and foremost, if you know me at all, I have an overwhelming amount of self-confidence. <laughs> and <laughs> it is a good thing and a bad thing. When it's a, when it's a strength of mine in, in the industry I'm in, you're right. I am, I'm not only in real estate, but I'm in technology and real estate. And um, it is extremely male-dominated. In fact, even my own team, I do have several women and I have um, one woman manager actually in IT as well. Um, but it is male dominated even on my team within NRP. And um, so it is something that that is real and, and the, the numbers definitely lean toward that way. But the confidence I have in myself to, to believe in myself and, and know that I'm the only judge of, of who I really am and really leaning on that characteristic of my personality helps me have this confidence to, to play in this industry. I do remember one specific moment that to this day stands out to me. I went to a conference that, again, I walk into these conferences, 90% males. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it, it is starting to be a little bit more um, populated with female leaders in IT, but um, I'm milling about in the, you know, the, the registration area and, and whatnot. And um, somebody came up to me and said, oh, are you looking for the, the, the booths where are the, all the marketing women work? Oh. And I, I remember look, it, the instant it was said, I was kind of like, should I be offended by that? And then I was like, actually, no, because I, that must mean he finds me very attractive. So <laughs> I, I actually turned it into a little bit of a positive and a laugh. But I remember feeling, oh, he thinks because I'm a woman that I must not be part of the conference as, as a CIO. Right. And um, I never want to judge others. And so for me, it was just simple. You know, I have a really good sense of humor too. So of course I made a joke about it and um, moved on my merry way. But I remember that moment. It, this happened actually many, many years ago. And I still remember that feeling I had of like, how, why wouldn't I, you know, be a CIO here at this? And it's just stereotype, right? And so right. I continue to just rely on my successes, my confidence, um, and believing in myself that, you know, I work really hard and I know that I do. I think because of that, I, I have this self-confidence that being being in this industry um, is the right place to do, right place to be. Um, and I'm actually pretty comfortable in that space. It is definitely not for everybody because if you have those tendencies to have self-doubt, it, it can be a very challenging space. Um, so I just, you know, try to explain to like the people I mentor and the women that, you know, we talk to is if you believe in yourself and you know that you work hard and do you execute and do great work, it speaks for itself. You don't have to worry what other people think about you. You really have to rely on, on, on who you are and what you do and let other people judge if they might, but you don't, that's not on you to worry about. Exactly. Now I have a question for you both. What's the hardest thing about working in, in multifamily development? What would you, what would each of you change in the industry to make things easier for you and for females just starting off in the industry? If you had the power to change, I don't know, something very significant. I'll start that one. I almost divide the answer into two pieces. Okay. Because 
working and to me and not to be cute, but the hardest thing about working in multifamily development is that we're working in multifamily development. (laughs) I mean, what we have to do every day in order to succeed and to be fruitful in our endeavors and to turn profits for the company is very challenging work in and of itself. And And then if you, if you layer in, if the, the question is about how to layer in being a woman within that difficult industry, I would unfortunately say it, it uh, adds another factor of difficulty. Um, we often joke that if, if, if what we did were easy, everyone would do it. And right. I am an engineer by education. When I was in college, I never... I never thought about any of the differences, male, female, um, getting ahead, et cetera, in college. And I didn't really encounter any of those challenging moments or obstacles until I reached the workspace. Mm -hmm. Um, Again, I would just say you have to sort of take what we do every day to, to be successful as a company. And then I love the fact that when we layer in women into the team, you're always adding a different perspective. When you have them at the table, their leadership style, the way that they solve problems, the way they approach things is typically quite different from the way men do that. Not to say that it's bad or it's just different. And so I think that that's what makes our company even more valuable in that we have the leadership from women at the table. I'm not really answering your question exactly because I'm trying to think about what would I change in the industry? I mean, it's a good one. I agree, but I actually have a, yes, I have a little bit of a different um, answer just because I sit in a seat of innovation and change. Mm-hmm. Um, technology is moving at the speed of light, as we all know. Um, And so is our economy. The the world that we live in today seems to change overnight. Um, Ever since really, you know, the late, late 2018, 19, you started to have a lot of the cybersecurity, you know, um, challenges and things that were ramping up. Then COVID hits and you you change the entire way the workforce works um, on top of just the challenges of of industry and, and business conducting business um, as a whole. Now we're facing unprecedented challenges in our economy, um, you know, and everybody's changing and moving and trying to do things to make sure their business is um, successful and, and we're facing these challenges. One of the things that I think lacks behind innovation and change in the global economy is legislation. It, it seems to actually hinder us in ways, and not because we don't like the legislation. And I'll give you a really easy example. In Texas, the legislation for lien waivers required a manual notary on a lien waiver. Yet the technology to digitally sign documents and successfully secure and track that has been around for years. Mm-hmm. And they are the last state that as of January 1st, 2022, is allowing a digital notary signature now on a lien waiver. And to me, they're five years too late. 
those mm-hmm. types of, course. of and, and so I'm not really talking about the broader politics legislation of you know uh, of, of such things to be controversial, but legislation that actually prevents us from being innovative, whether it be technology or um, you know from an economics perspective of financing and, and other types of loans and things like that. So I, for me, what I would change is some somehow to speed up our ability to you know, change the legislation appropriately in a more timely manner. Those processes just seem to lag. That definitely um, plays a huge role for us. Sorry to interrupt, Laura. That definitely plays a huge yeah, role for us in on the the tax credit, the low income housing tax credit side of our business. And we're a really special company in that we have the ability to work in both spaces, both on the conventional side and in the the low-income housing tax credit side. Um, But it is very true that when there are struggles like we're having right now with construction costs, and there can be solutions which may come at the government level, getting those changes made are very difficult. And I bet all this brings more stress every day at work how do you stay motivated in this in this ever-changing environment and how do you keep a problem-solving attitude how do you move forward on a very busy stressful day at work wine no I'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> a little coffee <laughs> wine coffee anything else <laughs> I, I will tell you so for me I love what I do I am continually challenged the multifamily industry is very dynamic. It's changing all the time. It's it's not, you know, the same thing we've done for years. There's new opportunities. There's changed opportunities. There's new challenges, new issues, new risks. And every day we have to do our best to address all of those um, challenges, issues, changes, opportunities to, to continue to be successful. And so for me, not, no day is the same. And some days are more stressful than others, but I get energized by those challenges. And I actually love to come to work and face those challenges the next day, solve problems, you know, deliver solutions and participate in all of that. So for me, um, I, I work well under stress. That's another part of my, um, my personality, but I think it's that energy of everybody around us is also working hard. Our company really stands on the pillars of our core ethics. We are surrounded by people who believe in those core values and work hard. And that's really what allows me to say, I'm going to take today. It was not a great day. It was super stressful, but I'm going to go after it tomorrow because it's another day of facing these challenges, solving problems and dealing with these new opportunities. So for me, it's that energy to to keep going that really helps with those stressful days. There's certainly days that aren't perfect, of course. Um, And some months there's more than others, but again, it's that constant energized, invigorating me to continue to, you know, face that next day that, that helps me keep going. What works for you, Jennifer? I agree with Rachel and I also feel that as women, we need to stop being so hard on ourselves and dwelling on any mistakes we feel we made or overanalyzing everything. Sometimes I feel we get stuck with overanalysis instead of just trying to 
take a step back and look at a problem from a fresh perspective. Yeah, I just I just think it's about maintaining the the enthusiasm and loving what you do and just not being so hard on yourself every day. I agree. Um, my last question will sound like a job interview question, but I'm very curious to hear your thoughts. Where do you see yourselves in five years? How do you expect the multifamily industry in general and the NRP group in particular to evolve considering the current economic landscape that I think Rachel uh, hinted mm -hmm. to uh, earlier? I can take this one first. Um, I just would, again, reference NRP's ability to be innovative in times of, in difficult times and to be creative. We've done a wonderful job as a company to diversify our portfolio. And that really allows us to, to succeed in times when other companies may be faltering. Mm -hmm. um, and we're always looking to the next, the next uh, thing, the next technology to integrate, the next design factor to integrate into our, into our communities. And It, in order to come up with those things, it's it's challenging to predict the future, right? right? No one. The truth is that no one really knows what it what is going to happen in the future. And the best thing you can do for yourself is to diversify what you're good at and what you're looking at. And I feel that as a company, one of the greatest things that we're that we do is to to search for those things. And and actually, we often will go against what everyone else is doing mm -hmm. intentionally. So uh, when in 2008, 2009, when our competitors were fleeing uh, the conventional world and coming into the tax credit side, we actually did the opposite. We went, we went against <laughs> everyone else and we found our space. That was when we really made our entrance into the market rate arena. And we've had a great deal of success at it. Um, and right now, we're looking at what's on people's minds as, as home dwellers or as uh, multifamily dwellers, and we're trying to predict the future, and we're di diversifying in terms of what we're looking at. That's how I would answer in terms of, you know, five years, it's difficult. There is no one specific answer, I feel, and I answer it more in terms of the company rather than a, as an individual. How do you see things, Rachel? Uh, Jen? That's such a great outlook um, on NRP. So something interesting about NRP, it's funny you say, you know, what do you think, you'll, where do you think you'll be in five years? And something that the leadership team here, the ownership team actually specifically doesn't do is create a five-year strategic plan. You get a lot of consultants that come in and honor advisory boards or whatever and say, well, where's your, where's your strategic plan? Where's your five-year lookout? And we specifically don't create one because when you create a plan, you tend to follow it. And what we've learned is that things change and you need to be able to change to address what's happening in whether it be employees, marketplace, technology, um, you know, legislation and other all these other factors. And really what we do a good job of is constantly reevaluating what are our current strategies. The leadership team meets four times a year offsite to make sure that we have at least a one to two day crunch time of where we're focused only on those large strategic 
plans and focuses and make sure that every 90 days, do we need to change something? Do we have an issue? Do we need to take a different turn? Um, and this is, you know, all the things related to how we diversify our portfolio, um, how we diversify our employees, you know, risks, um, these, these very large umbrella categories of topics. This isn't, we have a deal that needs a, a specific, you know, discussion. So I think what we've done is created what I'll call an evolving strategy, which the ability for us to be constantly evolving and challenging how we do business, what do we do, we're going to do it different, has created a competitive advantage for us to to continue to grow and be successful. And so when you say five years, I, I have no idea. Um, but I know that we're going to be a leader in multifamily. I know that we're going to be a desirable workplace. I know that we have such great diversification and thought by a variety of different types um, of, of employees. Um, and I think that just creates a winning combination. Well, Jennifer, Rachel, thank you both for sharing your thoughts with our listeners. Thank you for having us. Thank you everyone for listening and don't forget to visit multihousingnews.com for the latest news, trend stories and podcasts.